sends believers with the gospel to all. Matthew tells us in 28, 18 through 20, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So what we see here that, that the Great Commission plays into the part of the believer. The gospel preached by the early church turned the world upside down. We know that because when we read Acts 17, 6, Paul writes, And when they found them not, they drew Jason, a certain brethren, unto the rulers of the city, crying that they have turned the world upside down and are come hither also. In other words, they went to one place to the other. What? Preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. You know what I think? I think, church, we need to return to the years of yesterday. I think we need to turn back to those thrilling days of yesteryear. We need a revival that will restore our first love and passion for the lost. I think we need a revival just as they needed in Hosea's day. The people needed to break up their fallow ground. And what did Hosea mean when he called for this to happen among their people? Well, if you go with me now to Hosea chapter, chapter 10, I'm going to share something with you. Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. Hosea 10, 12. And this is what Hosea says. So to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. How many of us are doing just that. How many of us are breaking up our foul ground? How many of us are taking time to seek the Lord? Hosea repeatedly uses illustrations about fields and crops. Here he speaks of a plowed field, a ground ready to receive seed. It is no longer stony and hard. It is carefully prepared and made available. You know, our ground has to be tilled. See, some of us become set in our own ways. Oh, I hate to hear that. Some people say, well, you know, I'm older now, and I'm, this is just how, this is how it is. Uh -huh. I've heard people say, well, you know, the older you get, the more set in your ways that you are. Do you know what that speaks of? Complacency. That's not where God wants us to be. God doesn't intend for us to be complacent. What is fallow ground? Fallow ground was once productive, but now lies waste. Once there was an abundant harvest in this soil, now there is nothing but weeds and wilderness. And if your life speaks of weeds and wilderness, then it tells me you need to get out something and start tilling. 
Hosea could identify with the need to break up this fallow ground. You see, he thought of Israel's glorious past that they once had. The Red Sea miracle. Manna that came from heaven. Water that flowed from a rock. The nation's sad condition that had prompted this Hosea's prophetic call was thinking about all the things that had been and thinking of where they are now. A lot of times, see, we don't want to look at our past. We don't want to see the past because we don't want to remember the past. And that's a great thing. But sometimes you have to look back to see where you came from to see where God is taking you. You see, we can identify with the need for this calling in our own time. Why? Because our churches have grown cold and compromising. Saints sit and soak up the word while sinners still are dying and going to hell. And we're not doing anything about pulling them in. We're not doing anything about taking the great commission to them. We're not doing anything about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to who they are. Because we're like, well, you know, they're just set in their ways. Well, if Christians get set in their way and they come to church and say, well, you know, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come. You're wasting time. God is not happy. Jesus is weeping because we're not doing the great commission that he has called us to do. We're not going into the highways and the byways and compelling them to come in. So what does fallow ground produce? Fallow ground produces thorns and thistles. Matthew 13, 7 tells us, and some fall among thorns. And the thorns sprung up and choked them. And in verse 22, he says, He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and that careth for this world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word, and he becometh unfruitful. The cares of the world are choked out. What are we choking out? We're choking out the word of God. The world sees more and more of Satan and his allurements and all of his, all these things that entice us to, to, to be a part of what's going on in the world. And it takes us away from God. The deceitfulness of riches cause more wrong priorities. You see, we've become to get to the same level as the world. We've, we've decided we've got to have a nest egg. We've got to have all of this stuff so that we can retire comfortable. So that we can retire successful. So therefore, we've become like the world. We must have all this money, and then therefore, we don't depend on God. There's no need to depend on Him because we have everything we need. God wants us to rely on him. Why? Because he is the creator. Idolatry replaces total dedication to the Lord. Follow ground produces the root of bitterness. Matter of fact, we're told in Hebrews 12, 12 through 15, wherefore lift up the hands which hung down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out and away, but let it rather be healed. 
follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So when we start breaking up our fallow ground, we begin looking diligently, lest any man fall out of the grace of God. You see, we sing of the sweet, sweet spirit in this place. But bitterness often lurks beneath the surface of singing saints. How many times we, we, we get up and we start praising the Lord and then all of a sudden somebody enters into your life that has wronged you or somebody who has, has caused you to, to fall away and, and you're like, oh, I can't believe they're here. I can't believe they've shown up. Instead of being joyful and rejoicing that you have an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, we often say, oh Lord, why did you bring them? Send them away. <laughs> it's true. It's what we do. <clears throat> we would rather get rid of it than to fix it. But see, we have to, we have to confront those problems. We have to make sure that forgiveness lies within the heart of our own hearts. Because if we can't forgive, how can we expect the Lord to forgive? How can we expect God to clean out our hearts if we're not willing to get rid of all the bitterness and all the anger that gets stored up in our hearts from time to time? It begins to get hard. Have you ever seen Georgia Clay when it gets hard? You can't hardly break that stuff up. Even with a sledgehammer, you can't hardly break that stuff up. Right. But when it's wet to the wettest, you'll sink down in it just like quicksand. And you think, how is it possible that clay can be so hard that you can't even break it with a sledgehammer? But yet when the rain falls on it, it just becomes that looky mud. Got some enemies, you take them to Georgia <laughs> when it's raining. Oh, wow. And you have them stand still when the sun comes out. And they'll be there when you come back in a few days because they'll be they'll be just locked into that clay. <laughs> you see, bitter believers, bitter believers are easily offended. And are quick to cause division in the church. Church, I tell you this morning, this. Don't let the elephant or the donkey keep you from the lamb. We have allowed the world to cause such a division. That we have lost the focus of the lamb. We feel like it's got to be this way or it's got to be that way. But I'm telling you, the only way it's got to be is his way. And so often, we allow one side or the other to keep us from what the Lamb has intended to happen. Fall of ground is, fall of ground is, is often a result of apathy and laziness. You see, slewful Christians are slow to do what God has commanded. Samuel says in Judges 18.9, And they said, Arise, that they may go up against them. For we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. 
and are ye still? Be not slothful to go and to enter into the to possess and, and to possess the land. They were to go quickly with an element of surprise, but but no, they, they wanted to take their time. They wanted to evaluate the situation. They wanted they wanted to make sure that they were well equipped before they moved forward. But you know, a lot of times God tells us to go and we say, not yet. God tells us to do, and we say, not now. God tells us to 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 be mindful of the things uh, that he set before us. And, and we're thinking, well, but I have a better way. We're always throwing challenges. We're not always quick to respond to what God has in store for us. We're not always quick to respond when God sends us forth. There's no time like the present to, to get people to come to Christ. Sleuthful Christians hold back from their service of the Lord. Matter of fact, we're told in Proverbs 12, 27. A sleuthful man restoreth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. You see, the diligent man makes wise use of his possessions and his resources, but the lazy wastes them. Waste has become a way of life for many who live in a land of plenty. Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. We have everything we need. I remember the, the, the big meals that would be cooked on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And how much would be left over mm -hmm. after dinner? And mom would, she would put it in these bowls and wrap it with cellophane or aluminum foil and she'd stick it in the refrigerator and she'd say, we're gonna have leftovers. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for a friend. What do you guys have for dinner tonight? We're having leftovers. What do you guys, are you guys having something? I'm gonna invite myself to your house. Cause I didn't wanna eat what I had yesterday. I wanna eat something new. I'm going to talk about my wife because she's not here. <laughs> she used to make a lot. <clears throat> and I'm not a person who likes eating something that I had the day before, necessarily, so much. So my wife has fixed things. Now she makes things propor proportional. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Proportional by. So now she just makes a little bit. And so if I eat it all and I'm still hungry, have a bowl of cereal. <laughs> it works. But sometimes when I see that she's got something planned on the menu that I really like, I'll say make extra so I can have it for lunch tomorrow. Wow. She made something the other night she hasn't made in a long time. She made these meatball subs. She huge meatball. You never get that thing on a piece of bread. Had to cut it up like six times to get it in the bread. But it was good. I said, I'll have that for lunch tomorrow. She said, okay. Well, about 9.30 in the morning, it was gone. 
That was a good lunch. But when lunch came, there was no lunch. Because it was disappeared at breakfast. You see, I think a lot of times we have to reflect. We have to remember all the plenty that God has given us. And we have to remember those who are less fortunate than we are. When I was out yesterday and I was uh, over in a plaza over there by Jung and Lake Worth Road and there was a guy out there holding a sign that said, please help, you know, homeless guy. And I saw this little kid, this father and this little kid, and this little kid was taking him a dollar. So I was pulling up to the stop sign, so I just kind of stopped and, and waited. My window was down. And the little kid said, here, mister, get yourself some food. And the, the homeless guy, the older homeless guy said, you stay in school and get smart and don't end up like me. And I thought, how novel that he would make that kind of a comment to this kid. So it made me wonder, I wonder what happened in this guy's life yeah. that put him in the position that he's in. I didn't take time to find out, but the thought of what he said to the little kid kind of reflected on me throughout the day. What are we doing? Are we taking the wisdom from the Word of God? And are we using the wisdom from the Word of God and moving forward and growing in Him? Or have we become lazy Christians? Well, I know that's what the Word says, and we read the Bible so often that the, that the words no longer pierce our hearts because we know what it says. To know what it says and to apply what it says is two different practices. A lot of us know what Scripture is. A lot of us, I remember junior Bible quiz. I mean, these kids were whips. They can quote, I remember Michael. I mean, Michael can quote Scripture before you can even get the question out of your mouth. He can quote the Scripture in a verse. And we say, wow. But if we don't allow the words to impact our lives and to change us, what we know doesn't really matter. You see, waste has become a way of life. But waste is a sign of laziness and poor stewardship. I say we have to make good of everything that God has given us. Every way that God has moved in our life, we must make a way for it. Sleuthful Christians find excuses for not getting involved. We're reminded in Proverbs 22, 13, a sleuthful man saith, there is a lion without. I shall be slain in the street. Sleuthful Christians find their lives are unproductive. I went by the field of the sleuthful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding, Proverbs 24, 30. So it comes down to this, church. What it comes down to is how can we break up this fallow ground? What can we do to change this fallow ground that lies within us? 
Fallow ground can be broken up by the plow of God's word. You see, we have to take the Bible as a mirror and enable it to see ourselves. You ever looked in the mirror and said, man, ooh, I don't like what I see. You see, James 1.23 says, if any man be a hearer of the word and does and, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. It is important to know what God's word says, but it is much more important to obey it. We can become mere, we can become a, a measure of effectiveness if our Bible study time and our behaviors and our attitudes reflect what God's word says to us. The Bible also enables us to see ourselves as God sees us. Uh-oh. Let me ask you, how does God see you? What is God seeing when he looks at you? You see, sometimes we don't want God to see us. We don't want God to see us when we're in our ugly, rudeful moments of life. Fallow ground can be broken up by repentance. We're told in Revelations 2, 4, and 5, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence hence thou art fallen, and repent, and do thy first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of thy place, except thou repent. That's what Jesus is saying. We must repent. We must we must find our solid ground. We must find the place where God has, has brought us from. We must, we must understand what our first love is. Fallow ground can be broken up by humility and prayer. Ezra writes in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people went, who are called by who? My name. And they shall humble themselves and they shall pray and seek my faith. I will... What, he begins to tell us. He begins to speak to us. If you go back to 2 Chronicles 6, Solomon asked God to make provisions for when people have sinned. And God answered with four conditions for forgiveness. One, they had to humble themselves by admitting their sins. They had to pray to ask God for forgiveness and seek God continually and turn from their sinful behavior. See, true repentance is more than talk. It is a changed behavior. But people don't look at it like that anymore. People don't look at sin as a behavioral thing. It's just that's how it is. I mean, is it really that bad? I mean, I, I might have told a little white lie. Is it really that bad? I mean, nobody got hurt. Jesus was hurt. Jesus was hurt that you would take the opportunity to break relationships with him. You say, but how is that so, Pastor? Because he himself said, all liars shall have the place of the lake of fire. That's pretty, that's a pretty far separation. 
You see, whether we sin in the, as individuals or as a group or as a nation, following these steps will lead to forgiveness and God will answer our earnest prayers. Why? Because he says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I always thought about that as the land is whole. But I think the Lord a lot of times is speaking of the land of our own hearts. You see, because we are the church individually. We are the church. And a lot of times we allow our heart to grow cold and hard and callous. And we don't want to help people anymore. We don't want to do things that take us out of our comfort zones. We want to stay in the warm, comfy pew of the church and, and just wait for the eastern clouds to split open and the great trumpet blast to sound so we can all be raptured off this earth and just get into heaven without any more controversy, without any more effort. But God has called us to work. So when you think of reaping what we sow, usually we think of the negative results. But Hosea says here that when we see the results that can possibly be negative or positive, just as a small seed eventually produces a large crop, our small everyday actions can produce far-reaching results into the hearts and the lives of people that we minister to by simply just saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Those three simple words can change the life of a person who is in dire straits who is desperate, a person who is hurting so much inside, they would never allow that to be seen on the outside. But deep inside, they're hurting. And by saying that Jesus loves you, you're saying that I love you as much as Jesus does. What will it take to break up your fallow ground? What will it take for you to step out of your comfort zone? Are we willing to pray the price to have revival? The revival that God has planned for us to have. The revival that will bring the, the, the world closer to him as opposed to further away from him. What kind of a crop are you sowing today? What might be the long-term effects of some of your actions? See, a lot of times we don't think of the far-reaching actions of the things that we do. I know that we have been dealing with a lot of controversy in this country over these last several weeks, but I'm telling you this, 
if we don't start standing up for Jesus now, we're going to lose a lot more foothold. I've shared with you over the last several months the number of churches that have closed, the number of people who once believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that number has dwindled away by hundreds of thousands. People who no longer believe in the Word of God, people who no longer trust what we say when we as Christians come to them and say that Jesus will take care of you. And they're, they're sitting at a table with no food. They're, they're holding bills in their hands, foreclosure notices and, and light bills and all these things. And they're saying, well, where is he? This God that you speak of. And they once were believers themselves. Mm. See, it's so easy to believe on Jesus. It's so easy to come to church and worship the Lord Jesus when everything is well. But when everything is not well, we, we find it hard to, to get into the act of worship. It's so hard to get into the word of God when things are not going well because we're like, well, where is he? He's the same place he's always been. At the right hand of the Father. Interceding for you and for me. He's never lost his foothold. He's never lost his ground. You see, it's simply we stop trusting. We stop trusting. We must trust in every aspect of the word of God. If we want to till this, this, this fallow ground that we have, then we must begin to trust and put our faith into action when it comes to the things of God and not yield in any compromising position not yielding in any way but giving totally 100% to the word of God Father I thank you this morning I thank you this morning Father that you're allowing us to break up our fallow ground Father, I thank you that you have shown us how important it is to break up that fallow ground this morning. How important it is to see that you are truly on the throne. And that you, Lord Jesus, are having your way. Father, help us to turn our bitter hearts to hearts that are open to receive your love and your compassion that you have for this world. Help us as Christians to break up our foul ground work so, so that we won't be so, our hearts won't be so cold toward the world that we will have compassion to reach out of ourselves to help those who need you. Lord, allow our soil to be tilled daily with your word. Help us to grow strong through your word. Help us to see you clearer through your word. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.